Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, Welcome everybody to Wednesday Warriors episode number 45. Joining me as always is my lovely co-host Liam. We're here to talk about two wrestling shows and a pay-per-view. It's like we're deliberately late this week so we can talk about a pay-per-view. We're very professional. We're doing it the right way, I think, probably, maybe. Uh, Liam, how are you? We did it on purpose, we swear. Um, good. Well, you see, we were, uh, I was originally going to record on, was it Thursday? Uh, Friday? And you were like, no. I'm like, okay, we'll do it tomorrow. And then you were like, my internet's dead. And then it's like, there's no point getting this show up two hours before All Out. So we'll just do it on Sunday and include All Out. Uh, and also probably better numbers that way. So yeah. it's a cynical ploy to boost numbers by covering All Out. So we can, you know, translate those numbers directly into profit. Yes, uh, podcast listens equals money. Use that profit to purchase items and services that we enjoy. In Marvel's Avengers. I'm not going to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's, it's as, as we were, I was talking to you about before the show, it's tricked me into thinking it's good, and now it's suddenly become a Destiny, and I'm upset. Avengers-ty. And stop, stop making Destinies. Make good games. People like Destinies. The big show likes Destiny. Big, uh. big Destiny guy. You like Destiny. You made me play Destiny for whoa, a while. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't chuck in, I liked it. I played it because we were looking for a game to play together. You're like, Garrett, Garrett, download Destiny. Play Destiny with me. And I was like, there's that one good song from Destiny that I now have on a Spotify playlist, which is The Farm. And I'm like, that's my the degree to which I enjoy Destiny. It's like, that's a good song. The Farm is also probably the best level design in the game. And <laughs> it's just a hub. Yeah. Hubs are... I, actually, no, I don't usually like hubs, but still, yeah, Avengers has tricked me. I'm very tired. I was very upset when my alarm went off, because, like, All Out was a very long show, an unnecessary long show, some would say, before we actually talk about it. So, it finished, at my time, around 5, which means I fell asleep a little after 6, and now it's 12, and when my alarm went off, I'm like, oh. Mm. <laughs> so, my experience with the language was just, like, it was in the main event, and I'm just like, all right, guys, I want to go fucking have breakfast now at some point. Wasn't it like two o'clock in the day? Yeah, but it started at like 10. That's true. It's a very long... I didn't watch the pre-show, though, so... <laughs> it started at nine with the pre-show. Oh, it's a, every week we talk about AEW Dynamite, WWE, last week, AEW won. So this week we will cover AEW Dynamite. All Out, and then NXT. I have outlined it so Liam doesn't get confused. I was going to say, shouldn't we like, go in order? Because like, one was a day earlier, and then we just go chronologically? Because then we're going to go from the second to the first. No. To the 
what is it the ninth the, the sixth whatever it is it doesn't matter what date these shows are but uh, we would abandon our podcast concept doing that liam aw one fair and square last week it has earned the right to be covered first <laughs> why did you check a pause in there was it for emphasis i always do emphasis i'm a podcast professional I, you okay you bit down in the dumps today it's too early in the morning. I haven't had enough sleep. In To be fair, you're the one who selected this time. You picked a time that was way earlier than normal. That's true. It's because I have I have multiple podcast commitments today. So when I'm done with you, I'll be wow. doing my Magic by Design podcast with my brother while we will be talking about um, The Jungle Book. Which you can find at magicbydesign.buzzsprout.com. There we go. Ken will be very happy. I plugged it. Ken also ugh. listens, to be fair. So, oh no, Ken will be I very went, happy. Ugh. So that's the reason I, I had to pull you in earlier. I actually I suggested even a time even earlier than this, uh, so Ken can edit the 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 podcast because Ken takes like seven hours to edit like a forty minute podcast, and it's very strange. Ken, get owned, Ken. Yeah, it's, it's, he has attention to detail though, so he wants to make it good. And unlike sure. this podcast, hey, I, I take an hour and a half at editing this damn thing every week. I have to listen to you, like, like in most weeks, I finish the podcast where I have to listen to you for an hour, and then I have to listen to you for another hour and a half immediately after. Say the things I heard you just say again while I edit it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm very interesting. To be fair, you are engaging and charismatic. Windows continues to add Microsoft Edge to my taskbar every time I open it, and I really want to say, stop doing that. Why don't you just start using Microsoft Edge? Why would I ever use Microsoft Edge? You think you know it. You'll never know it. Yeah, AW last week, or last week, not last week, this week, Wednesday, opened with, what did it open with? Oh, Santana and Ortiz against Chuck Taylor and uh, um, or what the other guy, Trent. There we go. Uh, they had a, <laughs> they had a match that I got upset by. Oh yeah, why did you get upset by this match? Because it was like a tease of the good plunder match they were meant to have at the pay per view and didn't. Mm. Well, you can't really say meant. It meant. I'm sticking with the, meant. that they that they that they should have had. <laughs> They should have had this match, like, like, and it wasn't even. They only did some of the plunder because this was a regular match, uh, and then LAX won. Uh, it was a good match, enjoyable match. I just wanted their big plunder. Trent's a good plunder guy. That do this match pay per view plunder. Actually, they should have done this match last week. The finish would have should have like set up a street fight or something for the pay per view, and then you do it on the pay per view, getting rid of that dumb battle royal. They should have dumped the battle royal and just done. Uh, this match. Battle Royal was like my favorite thing on the show. Battle Royal. Because at least it was fun. Done. <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> like, no, I liked, I liked the Battle Royal, but it was just because like, there was things happening on my screen that, <laughs> that wouldn't make me like, I wasn't, my eyes weren't drifting to my phone during the Battle Royal at least. Because I was like, oh, there's a countdown. <laughs> Ooh, noises. Ooh, there's a few entrances. There's a bit of pizzazz here. It stimulated the primal instincts in your brain with yeah. some, some It stimulated the points in my brain that are like, um, this is everything that you like about wrestling, man. It's just the entrances. It's all you want. The entrances, <laughs> then the heel turns, and the title wins. That's all you care about. It's like, yeah, it's true. 
So yeah, this this match upset me because it should have been a pay-per-view match. But it was a good match. It was an enjoyable match. Well, and it wasn't 15 minutes long. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that in All Out. Uh- <laughs> well, that's that's not just an All Out complaint. That's an AEW complaint. Yeah, pretty much. Except for this match, which was seven minutes long. Um, but pretty much every match in the history of AEW has been... I, I want to say, it's, nearly every match has been about 20% too long. I would like, to, like I've said before, that like um, every match should be at least two minutes shorter than it actually is, mm. especially young young bucks matches, which I think always go over their time. Um, maybe not their allocated time because I'm sure they allocate their own time, but like it's just it all, all these AEW matches, even on Dynamite, like it'll get to a, a natural peak, and I'm like, yeah, this is where it's gonna end, and then it's oh, it's just another kick out. Let's do two minutes worth more of more of more moves, and it's like. Please, just let us go. I know that this is the workers' company. It is always that match layout where it's like, uh, heat, come back, uh, big closing stretch, big move, kick out, and then like another just two minutes of closing stretch. It's like, no, the big move kick out was the finish, guys. Just stop it and go home. It's like, just do it there. It's fine. Uh, everyone will think you had a good match. You probably would have had a better match had you just peaked it there. It's usually the case. It's just like, go up, go up. But just yelling at a fictional match now. Yeah, the, the imaginary concept of a Young Bucks match for sure. We're giving out about even the best team of all time. Uh, yeah. MJF got a promo. He was mad at his lawyer. He was bullying him, sure. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Yeah, uh, Christopher Bar, uh, the Luchasaurus, okay. uh, the other I'm guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with names. It's too early for me to remember Jungle Boy's name. Uh, and Lucha the Young Bucks defeated Lucha Boy, Jungle Saurus. Uh, yeah, the the Lucha Express, as our good friends Jim Ross called them, I think multiple times. Uh, I can't give out. I just forgot people. Two people's names. I am the Jim Ross of this podcast. Oh, I know. It was inevitable. I'm the Mara Ranallo. We have we we have become the Judas in our minds. Uh, the Young Bucks and the oh. Jurassic Express defeated SCU a Private Party, so that the Young Bucks and the uh, Jurassic Express will face each other on All Out. Um, this was a good match. This was probably better than the All Out match, maybe. Mm, no. All right. It was. A, I mean, I, I didn't really care. I, I this this match here. I didn't give a shit about because I didn't care about either of the possible matches that could be on All Out. You weren't there was no excited stakes. about SCU against Private Party potentially happening on AEW's equivalent of WrestleMania on the three days' notice? No, I wasn't actually. Wow. Just a, yeah. And then the match happened on All Out, and it was pretty good. But it's like, I don't know. I'm. Am I wrong for expecting more? Am I wrong for wanting more? No, that's the reason I did that rant last week. Was it last week? One of the weeks about not expecting less after that sick Brody Lee Cody angle because that's what this company can be, and not just throw at Young Bucks matches on the pay per view on three days' notice because we're like we didn't build anything for the Young Bucks. How do you not build anything for the Young Bucks? Well, the thing is, like, if you want to do. Bucks, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, just to have them on the card. Like, you had two weeks. 
like after this do an, an angle backstage where they're like you already had a story there because you had the Kenny and Marco stuff that you could have played off you could have just had Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy be like hey I don't I'm not a fan of what your your friend did to my friend. We're going to have a problem. Like, there's a story already there, and you just chose to ignore it so you could just do a match to have a match. Yeah. Like, uh, just like a second of critical thought. <laughs> no, they're just going to throw it on the show. Who cares? But, like, uh, I think that's... I didn't even realize that until we would start talking about it. There was a natural story for that match to have, and you could have just used it. <laughs> they just want to do a match, and they don't want to think about getting you to care about that match. So, who cares? That being said, that match on All Out was probably, like, the best match. It was the best match of the show, yes. But still. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it's not like it's... It's because it's a Young Bucks match, you know? If you got me to care about it, it would have been an even better match. Yeah, maybe just having that little bit of aggression between the two teams would have knocked it up into, like, something even better. Kenny Hangman Page and FTR were in the ring. FTR, I, I don't get why FTR did what they did in this segment where they were like, ha ha ha, we fooled you, Hangman Page. You're an idiot. We hate you. You, you think you'd wait to do that at the pay-per-view? <laughs> yeah, you've manipulated him. Why have you played your hand three days before the pay-per-view? Is it just me or did it come out of nowhere too? It's like the week before there were pals with him and then they're like, ha fuck you, we tricked you. And it's like... Oh, is that? I had no inkling that that was where this story was going at all. It's like, I guess you could say, oh, their end goal was they tricked Hangman into helping them become number one contender, so they don't need Hangman anymore. But there's a title match in three days. Trick him into turning on Kenny and winning the belts. He's clearly an anxious millennial who's very gullible and easily tricked. Anxious millennial cowboy. Yes, aren't we all anxious millennial cowboys at heart? On a steel horse we ride. Wanted, wanted, dead or alive. If people are talking about how good all this FTR stuff was building to the show, and I'm like... Uh, what? No, th- that's not true. I don't believe you. I didn't see a single person say anything. Not, not, I didn't see them say anything, let alone rave about it. I saw people raving about this. Half of the program, half of the match have done the nuanced tag feud before. It was literally the pay-per-view before this. Or the pay-per-view before that, because I don't... It's hard with Double or Nothing, because does that really count at this point? At Revolution, they did this, and it was better. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. Jericho enters his interview by Orange Cass... Or or by uh, Alex Marvez, and he's talking about Orange Cassidy. I will get no names right on this episode of this podcast. It's fine. Don't worry about it. He's mad at Orange Cassidy. He's going to beat him up. I, I I think AEW should do more of these style of promos. Just straight to camera in front of a set. I like that style of promo. I think it's a good format for a promo and they don't do enough of them. Well, it's good if you actually let the people holding the microphone have a bit of personality. But that's the, the problem with... Alex Oh, no, I've been completely indifferent to Alex Marvez. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I don't have a thought about him. Good nor bad. <laughs> I just think it's like, I don't know, you have someone out there who can provide a bit of... Like, that's why Renee was so good. Because she was, like, the one who was allowed to actually have a bit of something. <laughs> they, for some reason, liked her enough to be like, hey, you don't have to just be robot woman. You don't have to just say, my guest at this time, and disappear. Mm. 
Uh, Yeah, Uh, it has to be an actual interview. You know, if he says something ridiculous or says something that's out there, he has to be pushed back on and challenged because then that makes it more interesting and it gives him something to react to. Also, like, if you're going to do the whole I'm just going to talk and ignore you, you might as well just be in the ring with the microphone doing that exact same segment. (laughs) Or just, like, just, just cut to, like, literally facing the camera backstage. Hmm. Chris Jericho squashed Joy Janela. Uh, Coldbreaker didn't look cool. Otherwise, this was a completely nothing match. The match is whatever, but like the thing with Janela, it's like this could have been a really, really cool match had they done anything with Janela since like the Mox and Kenny stuff. Yeah. Like it felt like he was going to be one of these upper mid card kind of guys, like with. Hangman and MJF and stuff. And then it's like, while those two went up, he went bottomed. Yeah, they completely gave up on him. Like, they completely gave up on him. And, like, as you said, he he felt like he was in that, like, uh, build them to the future group with with, um, the likes of Darby and the likes of MJF. And now, now he's just, he's a complete nerd on this show. Like, nobody, nobody is pushing him. He's not remotely meant to be cared about. Jericho, completely squashed them like completely squashed them i I do think it's um interesting looking at uh the aw roster now and seeing like which of the guys at the start that they uh tried to push that went down and which people went up like obviously i'd say your darbies your mjfs your hangmans uh your successes while your you know your kip sabians who got a big push at the start and your joey janellas have gone way down it's just an interesting... And, like, to see who has come in and replaced that. Like, I'd say that um, Ricky Starks has come in and completely overshadowed both of those guys now. And he's kind of replaced them in that demo now. Until they gave up on him, too. Well, you know. and let, I, I think Ricky's going to do pretty good for himself. He's in a group and such, so... Where he can take pinfalls for Brian Cage. Yeah, well, someone's... someone's Darby took pinfalls for Mox. Well, yeah, no, they weren't friends. Darby takes pinfall. Dar- Darby never wins. Darby always loses. Mm. That's how you get someone over. After the match, they beat down Janela. Orange tried to make the save. They beat down Orange too. There you go. Pay per view build. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, we had the next the battle royal build. Everyone came out. They cut a promo. Uh, the best of which was obviously Eddie Kingston and everyone else is just there. I suppose Taz was alright, but Taz didn't really say anything. I just want to watch Eddie Kingston talk forever. He is a good promo. He can talk. Uh, this is a shocking development. And <laughs> Oh yeah, then who could have known? And with okay, Jake Roberts, mm-hmm. I need that man to never get a mic in the ring ever again. He is certainly a wild card. Leave him the pre-tapes completely fine because he still has delivery. But it's like as soon as he starts chucking in ad libs, it just I get a crawl down my spine and I start to worry. And I'm like, what's he gonna say? He's gonna say something. This is gonna go bad. He's gonna get cancelled. Ah. <laughs> I'm just worried. I'm very worried for Jake Roberts that he's gonna say something and not know what it means, and it's just gonna go very bad. So I just keep him backstage. And plus, the thing is, Lance can talk. Have him talk for himself. <laughs> Like he is like he's 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 also he's just worse. You know, he is just, he is actively worse 
uh, when he's cutting a live promo. Like, it's not even the wildcard element. It's just like his delivery is worse. His, his, he, he loses his train of thought more. Like the pre-tapes though, with like him and Lance in the under the bridge and backstage beating up all the dudes. That stuff's cool. Yeah, do more of that. Produce Jake Roberts. Don't just let him out there with a mic. And less fake snakes. Do you not like it? Do you not like? I I, I no. I'm not even going to ask you. Do you not like the snake? I hate the snake. Just dump the snake. Just let him cut promos for freaking Lance Archer. He doesn't need a literal snake anymore. <laughs> like you just have him be a fucking weirdo man. Who has a big monster that he's trying to get paid late and made, baby. Yeah, and they were like they also did the snake angle. It's like what are you gonna do? Just do the snake angle again? Just stop stop it with the snake. Just get rid of the snake. Mm. Mm. Uh, then they had a terrible snake. brawl. <laughs> a really awful yeah. brawl. All the nerds jumped in. It's funny. Uh, nothing happened, and then they brawled right through the commercial break. They came back the other side. They did, and I was like, "Oh, they're gonna do a big angle at the end." It's like then they brawled for like another minute, and it's like to the back. It's like what are we? What? What? There's a really easy thing to do here too, which is just have all the nerds jump in, have the real guys like peter out, and then just have Lance and Brian lay everyone out and stare down. Yeah, they didn't do an angle. They just they just like go in there brawl. Uh, brawl through the break, brawl some more, then it's over. It's like, what What was the point of this? What are we doing? I can almost bet, like, the entirety of the preparation for this segment was just some go, all right, everyone comes out, talks, and then all the nerds jump in and they'll fight and we'll come back on that and then we'll cut to the back. <laughs> it's like, okay, so you, you didn't... There was no planning for an actual thing to happen. It was just go in there and you're all fuck around. And we'll record it. It's just small Unlike the media call this week, Tony Khan was like, I think about uh, go-home shows differently. It's about selling the pay-per-view. It's like, you sure didn't do a great job of it here, TK. Also, that's exactly what everyone should be thinking about go-home shows. It's been the way what people think about them it? forever. Why is, why is that a different thing to think about? I think it's like the way he balances wrestling and angles on the show that he's more concerned about pushing angles to sell the pay per view. I don't even. I don't mind it was that a either. Terrible go home show. So, no, neither way. That's the way this should work. Get me excited for that yeah. goddamn pay per view. I'm watching this two hours of television, being like, I'm going to order this show on Sunday, regardless. Well, one because we have to cover it, but it's also wrestling, so I'm going to order all out. So, like, just I want to be excited for it. So when I sit down and watch the two hours of go-home television, I want to be coming out of it pumped up for that pay-per-view. And I came out of this one being like, oh, they did just, this pay-per-view is just such a non-priority in this company for, I don't even know why, because it's one of their four, four giant pay-per-views a year. So it's, sh- and it's in theory, the, the equivalent of us. I mean, it's, it's the genesis of AEW all out, uh, coming from all in. And it's like, why aren't you trying? Why don't you seem to be trying? It's very weird. And and it's funny, it's like, they say, like, I, I think about these, uh, these go-home shows differently. I think, you know what was a really good go-home show? The one that had Kenny Omega and Park wrestle for 30 minutes. You know what wasn't a very good go-home show? The one that had just everyone cut promos and beat each other up. It's yeah. so, like, you can do it. You can do it either way. <laughs> like, you just need to make it good. <laughs> you just need to have a bit more than just nothing to present to people. 
Just try. That's all I want. I just want them to try. And they clearly did not try on this show. NWA Women's Champion Thunder Rosa defeated Serena Deeb of the Straight Edge Society. They may have both making their AEW in-ring debut. Nice little match. Uh, it, was, like, it was nice to see Serena Deeb. Yes, uh, people may remember Serena Deeb from teaming with James Storm against Magnus and Mickey James when James Storm pushed Mickey James in front of a train. These are all the important angles in Serena Deeb's career. I forgot what she was with WWE. Because she, she was a trainer, wasn't she? Because she did the May Young Classic and then was signed as a trainer, I believe. That was, and then released after a while. I think that was it. So, uh, if, she, if she was in NXT, I don't remember. Uh, she wasn't, like, on screen time, though. I just remember she, um... Uh, Adam Cole seduced her and brought her to the alcohol, and that's when CM Punk saved her. So, clearly, <laughs> the NXT AEW war seeds were sown from the very beginning. Uh, yeah, good little match. Uh, hopefully we see more of Serena Deeb in the future. I'm not sure we see more of Thunder Rosa in the future. She's obviously an NWA wrestler so far as... I don't know what being an NWA wrestler means these days because they don't actually do anything, but she is an NWA contracted wrestler. Uh, but yeah, good match. Built up Thunder Rosa for the pay-per-view. People were like, she should have squashed her. And I'm like, for a couple of reasons, I disagree. I think, one, we need to establish get people getting used to women actually wrestling on this television show. But also, in theory, Thunder Rosa is going to be gone after the show, and you might have Serena Deeb in the long run. So don't squash her. So the fair enough, the job of Deeb here was to put over Thunder Rosa and make her look good. But in the future, like Serena Deeb is available to AEW as a long-term talent if they want. I would imagine if she wants to sign a contract. I don't know whatever personal thing he wants to sign a contract or not. But I would imagine she's available to AEW long-term, whereas Thunder Rosa may not be. So you don't want to just kill her. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but that being said, uh, I I hope both of these women stick around. I think Serena would be a good tentpole for the division. You know, uh, there's a lot of younger female talent on the roster that could probably use a veteran hand helping them out. And I hope Thunder Rosa returns because she's like the second most TV ready female that they have now. Mostly because she had the chance to actually perform on TV. That that is true. Yeah, that does help. I miss Rio. Swole said that she's gonna do a tooth and nail match. Well, actually, I don't think she said the name of the stipulation. She's gonna fight a uh, thing and thing, Brit and Reba in a dental office at All Out, which was later, I think, revealed to be a tooth and nail match. Where does the nail come from, though? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it, it's like they're yeah, like, fighting tooth and nail, and then they're just like... Yeah, it's a pun, but it's like, clearly, uh, Big Swole should have just attacked Brit with a nail. Driven a nail gun into Reba's skull. <laughs> well, they almost used the drill, so... They did almost use a drill and all that, so this this would be consistent. John Moxley defeated Mark Sterling in uh, just an abhorrently long match. <laughs> I was like, why was this? Fu-? This match started well because uh, Mark Sterling did uh, drawed up to Mox. Mox slapped him. And then he should have paradigm shifted him and pinned him. But no, they just went on for another five minutes of just Mox kind of bullying the lawyer. I'm like, just end it. Why is, why is this so long? Yeah, like, I get if you want to get over, like, Mox's taking out some, like, aggression on the lawyer or whatever, but then they didn't tell that at all. Like, they just had Mox be, like, 
jokey about it. Like, he wasn't serious about it at all. If he had to come in there, slapped him, and then, like, beat the shit out of him for five minutes and made it, like, kind of like, look what I'm doing, I'm going to do this to MJF later, like, that would be kind of cool, but they just had him be kind of a dickhead. Yeah, yeah, he, he did, like, you almost feel sympathy for Mark Sterling. He just kept on beating on him. It's just like, pet him, just beat him, leave him alone. This poor guy's being bullied by MJF too. Plus, he had JR on commentary calling him a Mark. It's just, it was a bad night for Mark Sterling. Yeah, but then Wardlow showed up, and he killed John Moxley. Yeah! It should be Wardlow Moxley. Yeah, maybe they'll go in that direction. Well, actually, it looks like after All Out, they might actually be doing the, they might be moving toward Wardlow and MJF, but we'll see. Yeah, but they, they're they probably going to put MJF over, and that's the wrong decision. That would be, like, legitimately, if they put MJF or, over Wardlow, that's one of the worst decisions AEW would have. And this isn't, like, my usual just anti-MJF uh, stuff. That would be such a bad decision to put MJF over Wardlow, but we'll see if they do that. Uh, then uh, uh, yeah, Wardlow hit him with the F10, I think twice, and then MJF beat him up, he bloodied him, and MJF is suddenly serious for two minutes in the build to this pay-per-view. This undefeated challenger, this guy who's the future of the company, the, the blue chip athlete, has been a goof cartoon character doing cartoons, walking around in a neck brace trying to get finishers banned, getting his ass kicked for six weeks, and then the last two minutes, they're like, no, 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 take him seriously, please. Yeah, okay, so, you know, I was, like, pretty on board with all this MJF stuff Mm -hmm. until this segment happened, and then it reminded me, yeah, why the fuck were we doing all this stupid comedy (laughs) shit? Like, like, I was like, oh, wait, no, MJF could just have a cool, heated build to fight Moxley. Why are we doing this? Like, so, almost if they had just gone full comedy, like, comedy heel, chicken shit heel, uh, shtick for the whole, like, thing, it would have been fine because I would have been like, yeah, that's the feud. But because she showed me a little bit of some actual meat and potatoes on this motherfucker, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what it could be. The the really weird thing for me is, like, MJF has never been less of a threat than when they suddenly put him into a match against John Moxley and he became a sniveling coward. Like, MJF... He was a bigger threat against Cody. Yeah, MJF, like, he, he'd cheat, he'd use his ring, but he'd never be, like, a, what he he's the usual WWE heel. Where it's like, I don't want to wrestle, I want to avoid having a match, uh, I'm not good, you're much better than me, I'm scared of you. Uh, he'd never do that shit. But to be fair, to be fair, he did kind of do that with Cody. Well, he he dodged doing the match until he could abuse... But he did that to manipulate and abuse Cody, not to kind of avoid him. Yeah, it, it, it was... And it wasn't as sticky. Like, it came across as him doing it more to fuck with people than yeah. to actually try and get out of a match with Cody. Well, you got the impression he was... And, and he was doing it... Like, he was trying to weaken Cody in smart ways by whipping the hell out of him and having him have a cage match with Wardlow. Like, that makes sense. He's wearing down Cody. It was this crap. It's like, ah, your DDT is scary. Which, to be fair, it's pretty scary. And, like, the, the thing... I, uh, and some of... I, I can't remember who pointed this out to me on Twitter, but, like, Mox won the match at all... Uh, at a double or nothing against Brody Lee with his sleeper. It's like... <laughs> Why are we doing the I'm scared of your DDT thing when Mox won his la- when his title match against Brody? He choked out both Brody. He he tapped out um, Brian Cage. <sighs> this is stupid. Like his last two title matches, he didn't win with their. Hey, didn't he choke DDT. out Swagger? 
Uh, I don't even... I, uh, I blocked that match from my memory. <laughs> so he might legitimately have not used the DDT to win in his last three title matches. Against big giant monsters. All three of them. <laughs> and MJF that's, that's is here. Pre- that's pretty funny, to be fair. And then MJF is like, I'm scared of your DDT. I really want that to be true. And even if it isn't, I'm now going to like run with it. Mm. But like that that's the like that's the lack of attention to detail in AEW stories. It's like why are you so scared of this move when he wins the matches with the other move? That's AEW Dynamite, Liam. Yeah, that was AEW Dynamite. Uh, yeah, I, one of those things where it's like I wouldn't necessarily call it a bad show because I wasn't I wasn't like not having fun watching it. I just wouldn't call it a good show either. Just meh. Like, on the substance of the content, I would call it an okay episode of television. As a go-home show for a major pay-per-view, I thought it was terrible. Like, really terrible. Yeah. Like, this this show did literally nothing to get me excited for All Out. I'm just like, alright, the show's just Saturday, I guess. Okay. It didn't achieve the purpose that it set out to achieve at the start of the show. Especially given TK and his deep thinking about the way go-home oh. shows should be. <laughs> Man, I like TK, but he's making it real difficult. I don't know. I think I think he's increased. Like, those calls are increasingly becoming like Triple H's, where you're like, oh, he's just going to spew bullshit for a while. Cool. I, I think the thing is, I'd rather it not be him. Mm-hmm. I like I like the the post pay per view scrums that they do with like Mox after he de- like defends the belt and Sheeta. I like those ones. I, the TK ones are cool from like you know a smarky have a look at well what's TK thinking perspective. But I, for story reasons, you don't really need to have those at all. I don't think he ever says anything particularly interesting from like the smarky what's TK thinking. <laughs> well, he used to. I, I'm saying more from like you know the first double or nothing mm. or the first all out when like AEW was still new and we're like what's going on like they were really interesting then now i don't think we really need them as much like we just have someone go hey what about brock lesnar and it's like i can't talk about it all right cool uh that brings us to all elite wrestling all out which was last night uh which was my hot take about all out people are like this wasn't a very good show and i don't think it was a very good show but my hot take is all out not being a very good show is a consequence. It's a, like it, it, this. This has been a build up over the summer from like mediocre storytelling and really relatively weak creative has led us to this mediocre all out show. And uh, people are like, "Where did this come from?" It's like this has come from. Pre- it's been shaky. It's been shaky for the summer. Yeah, was, it, this pay per view was a pretty apt reflection of what TV has been recently. Mm. And it's like, I guess what makes, AEW as a company still has a lot of goodwill with me. Mm. So I'm willing to let these like kind of meh shows go. But with every meh show that goes, that goodwill dwindles just a little percentage. And eventually that will catch up. Because eventually there's going to be more meh than good. But when the good happens, it's so high that you're just like, yes, this is what this company is. And you just kind of forget about it for a second. Uh, I think it's, AEW is like a Jacqueline Hyde company where like they're good and they're good. And then they slip and they slip. And I think they move toward their like North Star, which is shtick and comedy and crap. 
uh, which comes from Jericho, it comes being from being the elite. So the, the, the it, it's pulled toward that to a, usually a breaking point, and people are like, hey, stop it. And like then usually they do stop it. Then they're like, oh, sorry, we'll get back to being a good television for a while. And then slowly start slipping back toward the, the garbage and nonsense. It's not very good. And I'm just like, stick to being good. Stop slipping. And I don't know. With you, they're like, they have the benefit of the doubt still. They're slightly losing my benefit of the doubt. I get that. But I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm still I'm still riding the highs. So the lows don't depress me as much as they maybe should. And maybe don't set off the warning signs as much as they maybe should. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm willing to I'm willing to give them the chance, but if uh, this time next year and more shows are like the last two shows and less like the shows before uh, COVID break out, like then we're gonna have an issue. <laughs> yeah, I really do hope they see like the build to full gear as a reset because like they they, they did nothing to build to this pay per view. Let's be real, the the, the build to this pay per view. We we said it there. It's it's kind of stunk. It's kind of been bad, and it's, it's not even been bad. It's been bad in a very weird way. Because like the the Dar- I really liked all the Darby Taz team stuff, but it built to a bloody battle royal on this show. I'm like, <laughs> if there was a hot Darby and Ricky Stark singles match on the show, this show would have desperately needed a match like that, and it would have done really well. And they just didn't put it on the show. They built it, but they didn't put it on the show. And I'm like, what do we do? Same with the freaking LAX against uh, Best Friends match. It's like if there was a really hot plunder match between those two teams on this show, this show would have been a lot better off. But they put them all in the battle royal and i'm like okay and then you look at the matches that are on the show we're gonna throw a young bucks match on the show we have the battle royal we have the eight man tag with the dark order which we'll talk about in a minute but it felt like a match straight off of dynamite uh the the we had a broken rules match we had a mimosa mayhem match we had a tooth and nail match all of this stuff had to make the pay-per-view and then a, a main event where a dude couldn't do his finish and it's like is this a WWE show? W- like, legitimately, WWE yeah. wouldn't have... Unless it was Extreme Rules, where they were actively trying to put gimmicks on a show. WWE wouldn't have that many gimmicks on a show. <sighs> like, it's, some of these gimmicks, like, I think they would have been fine. Maybe, like, one segment on a Dynamite. Mm. <laughs> I just... I, I don't want them on a pay-per-view. I think we both had the same reaction when we were watching the pay-per-view and they mentioned, oh yeah, and coming up we still have the Mimosa Mayhem match and we're both like, wait a minute, what? No. Literally, in my head, I was like, all right, tag title match, world title match, we'll be out of here by uh, probably a little after uh, three hours, maybe like 310, 315, and it's like, all right, that'll be a tidy enough show. And then it's like, oh, and still coming up next is the Mimosa Mayhem. And I was like, (sighs) (laughs) Uh, and it wasn't well the match was it was okay it was fine but we'll get into it we'll start uh big swole defeat of Britt baker in a tooth and nail match uh, people hated this i thought it was okay yeah people i thought it like but first of all i think people calling it a cinematic match is kind of dumb this was basically just like an attitude error on location brawl. Uh, and though I I will like, I will say it had background music which i'm pretty sure is like the differentiating factor is like oh sorry <laughs> if they have the the background music during a wrestling match, I believe it slips into cinematic. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't know that there was specific uh, there are rules uh, clarifications out there. Like you know how there's like certain things for like uh, 
what classifies as a specific genre of movie or like uh, to get classified in a specific way in film. It's just one of those things where it's like, it needs to have this amount of uh, background music to this amount of actual wrestling (laughs) for it to be classified as a cinematic wrestling match. Yes. But yeah, people hated this and I like I did I didn't particularly like it. I didn't think it was particularly good or like funny, but it was like it was fine. I thought Rebel was very good. Rebel was the star. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty okay. Like I don't know. I, I didn't really have a negative or a positive thought about it. I was just like, Oh yeah, okay, that happened. Also it wasn't very long. So like it didn't overstay its welcome for me. Yeah, it, maybe it, it did farther. Even through. when it ended, I was like, Oh that's it? Oh. Good. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was really short. I don't. I really don't get how people could be that mad about this segment. It was just like it was fine. Uh, Young Bucks defeated uh, Jurassic Express in, I think, very easily the best match on the show. Far and away the best match on the show. As you as you said earlier, typical Young Bucks, probably like two minutes too long. <laughs> but other than that, far and away the best match on the show. You were upset that both people in the Voices of Wrestling Review gave it four and a half stars. <laughs> oh, I didn't want you to call me out on that one. <laughs> I was just I just thought four and a half stars was a bit crazy. I actually agree. I think that like uh, I think we're both actually like three and a half, I think we said, which yeah, I think is about right. I think but... it's three and a half. Like I think four and a half is low end match of the year. <laughs> and I don't think this was a low end match of the year. Yeah. But hey, maybe that's just, just for me. It's one of those ones where like it happens sometimes where it's like and it happens the other way where you'll be like, Yeah, that match was great, four and a half, and then someone'll be like, Yeah, three <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. That's a gigantic... Yeah, it's, it's when there's, there's those gigantic gaps. It's like, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Who's wrong? Well, and of it's course, not, it's, it's, it's never the... us that's wrong, Liam, because uh, uh, no, as no, our podcast creed is, we yeah. are never wrong. Hashtag. But, like, uh, I, like, you can almost understand if, like, I gave a match five stars and then someone gave it, like, a one. Mm-hmm. Like, I can almost understand that more than me going three on something and someone else going four and a half. Yeah. Like a, like a four star differential, like oh yeah, that's cool. It's just different opinions. <laughs> but like one and a half, they're like that's insane. How could you do that? Yes, the almost one which makes them number one contenders for FTR's tag titles. So they they've set those two on. Um, maybe they'll stretch it out to all our to full gear. But they they've set those yeah. two teams on 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 a collision now. Finally, I think that's your full gear match. Which sucks because I kind of wanted that in front of a lot of people, but hey, I suppose you can't hold the match off forever. Yeah, but yeah we've reached the stage where it's like because to hold that off until you can have a lot of people is still six months away, and that would be quite difficult. You'd have to like <laughs> for real injure one of the bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, take out Matt Jackson, let Nick do a singles run for a while, bring back Matt. That actually would be the worst idea in the world. See, like, you know, we, we make the joke about putting us on the book, but look what, we're just coming up with stuff. We, we just saved your Bucks FTR main event six months, baby. Yeah, you can have them spike pile drive him through a table or something and he dies. And then, or I'll just steal Break steps. his back again. Break his back, break his back on speed. Like, full Dark Knight Rises Bane. Just snap him across from mm. their knee. Do a reverse shadow machine, so like, you're picking him up, picking him up and his back's coming down. Yeah, I'll just steps. Just get crazy with it. Or... Yeah, oh, I was thinking steps too. <laughs> yeah, steps would work. Uh, we're so in sync. This is upsetting. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we had the Casino Battle Royal, which was highlighted by the return of Matt Seidel. <laughs> oh, I f- I feel so bad for him. Oh, I don't think I've ever felt such like immediate. I don't want to say pity, but like empathy for somebody. <laughs> 
I felt so bad because it was like he had a really cool like entrance video and his music was cool and he came in hit the knee he's gonna hit the shooting side oh and if you watch it it's like it's <sighs> so tragic when you watch because it's not like he messes it literally his foot slips that's all that happens he slips yeah his yeah. foot slips while he's doing a shooting star and he plummets to the ground thankfully relatively safely because yeah. falling on shooting stars could be quite disastrous and he even clips the rope on the way down with his like right arm which could have sent him like spiraling in any direction and thankfully it didn't mm. and i think he's he's much more okay than the other matt is on this show um mm. but oh the poor guy <laughs> it was like, like, and it feels it's, it's quite funny because it's, yeah. it's a guy i've watched he, it so many times and i feel so bad about it because he eats complete shit um and he he's not so hurt, much so he's shit on laugh it, at it but god the poor guy like legitimately i don't think you could push him after this like it's just like that's what's going to be stuck in people's mind i i hope this wasn't just a one-time gig <laughs> and that's all he's gonna be in AEW. Oh, that would be so tragic <laughs> i really hope he's got on dynamite this week and he just has like a really cool match with phoenix or something and we just all forget about it oh the poor guy. Because, like, I, I, unlike you, I, I think you can recover from this just by, like, being a good wrestler. I think people will forgive it. But it's like, I, you just you need to get people not thinking about it as soon as possible. And it really sucks because I feel like Seidel debuting would be a big talking point had this not happened. Because, like, no one mentioned it on any of the scrums or anything that I saw. <laughs> like, no one even asked Tony, like, hey, is Matt sticking around? <laughs> And I, I was like, oh, this poor dude. I and well, he's um. I don't know if he'd be sticking around anyway. He's in the ROH tournament, mm-hmm. the pure title tournament. So maybe this was just a one-time deal. But I really hope it isn't. I hope at the very least we see him on Dynamite this week and he can avenge the performance. Like yeah, he's been off TV for like nearly two years now. His Impact run ended at the end of 2018. So like, according to JR, he's been gone for like a decade. Full disrespect to the exhibition championship, but and like, so like he's he's been off the radar for the best part of two years. He comes back, it's a big return, music hits, eats shit on a shooting star, and that's oh, as you said, I, I was I feel I feel very bad for him. It's like no, Matt, Matt. I I, I wish Seidel the very best. In that he and he gets a chance to to come back from this. Um, you didn't like this battle royal at all. I, th- I, I, I thought it was it was fine. It was a battle royal. It was every battle royal ever. It was okay. I think um, it was a vast improvement over the first one. I think having every group get a little entrance was such a lifesaver. They should have found that format. Instantly... Though. That format is so stupid. I get. I maybe like switch to three people or something so you can actually have a bit more control over what's going on because you get so many people in the ring so quickly when you go five 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 uh but i don't know i uh, i i like about a royal i like a royal rumble i like will hobbs yeah the the, the only thing aside from matt side that i will remember from this match is will hobbs had a good showing like uh, and uh, i want them to turn the ftw title into a host division it's that seems like where it's going though, right? Yeah, just, like, just Archer and Hobbs and Cage having Wardlow. cool matches. Wardlow throw him in there. Brody Lee, Luchasaurus, take the, take the dumb other belt off. Brody Lee, put him in here having cool Haas matches. Uh, yeah, just do that with the FTW belt. Mister Grim, 
Luther. <laughs> the Japanese Deathmatch legend. Yeah, he was on this show. Oh yeah, he did. He was in this match. Uh, no, no, he was on the pre-show. Match, the pre-show. I didn't watch it. Yeah, him and uh, Serpentico. Did, did they have a good they're match? Doing a, they're doing it. No, that was Joey Janela. Um, yeah, they no. It was a tag match. It was Janela and Sunny Kiss versus Serpentico and Doctor Luther. Was it? I thought it was a singles match. Yeah. No, no. It was a. It was a tag match. Oh, it was just Joey Janela. Jo- 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 they announced it as Joey Janela against. Did you watch it? No. <laughs> Are you sure? Because it was announced as a Janela against her practical match. Oh, it was a singles match. I saw all four of them and assumed it was a tag. Oh no! Oh yeah, they're a team now. That is a thing from Dark. Yeah, that's why. Because I see, as someone who's up with the Dark Law, mm-hmm. I knew that they were a team, so I assumed it was a tag. <laughs> uh, final two were Lance Archer, Eddie Kingston, Lance Archer won. Our two, our two picks. Yes, uh, when you were like, uh, I, I think Kingston's gonna win. It's like. Because you were watching this on a slight delay, actually, so... Um, I said I hoped Kingston won. He was my pick. I didn't think he was actually going to have it. I was like, hey, fuck it, let's go Kingston. Yeah, you were watching this about half an hour behind, which was very funny to see your, like, Matt Seidel! No! <laughs> Reaction in real time. Because <laughs> you told me that something bad happens, and I was like, it hasn't happened yet. It has to be something to do with the last person that comes out. <laughs> and it was very bad. It certainly lived up to my hype. <laughs> yeah. I still feel bad. I can't shake the feeling. I feel so bad for the dude. Uh, do you think Archer winning tipped the hand that Moxley was winning too much? I think... See, I never thought MJF was winning. Neither did I. People were like, oh, this match is a toss-up. It's like, John Moxley's retaining. Come on. No, this was... This didn't feel like... I, I think putting the belt on MJF would have been a massive mistake. Like That's not something you do now. I, I, I This felt like a... A gimme title defense to me, but maybe that's just because, you know, we're like we're not the MJF stands. No, we're not. Maybe the MJF stands thought that that he was winning for sure. But like even the the voice of the wrestling preview were like it's a toss up. I remember like I think Joe mentioned like do they have the guts? We're just taking shots. The, the, at the do they have the, right right everyone else on that podcast network? For uh, we're never wrong. That's the thing. Yeah, that's why we, I was gonna say we should write everything. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Uh, once, once you never commit to firm predictions, um, that you can never be wrong. That's the way it works. Um, <laughs> That's why Lamb's Luck of the Week is left. Because <laughs> despite the fact that they were all completely true. Especially the one in the NXT main event we'll definitely talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better if my idea went through. They might still do it next week, to be fair. Um, to be f- Also, to be fair, I have messages. I did predict them doing two people drawing and having another match. Mm. And what else did I... I had another one today on this show. What was it? The Hangman stuff. Oh, the Kenny will look at him and look sad and bean and storm off. Yeah, I said he would tease beating him up and then he would storm off. Uh, I'm pretty good at this stuff, guys. Matt Hardy defeated Sammy Guevara in a Broken Rules match in which... Did he? Yeah, he won! <laughs> oh, this Dude, when I saw that drop... I was like, you know when you get like that sickening stomach feeling for somebody else and you're just like, oh. It was very nice because they climbed to the top of the forklift that we've seen recently or the the scissors lift, I guess it is. Um, uh, And uh, Sammy speared Matt off of it through two tables. They overshot the tables and Matt smashed his head off the concrete and 
oh, he and like he very clearly was in no condition to continue competing because they tried to continue and like Matt was trying to get up and he was like pulling Sammy's tights down desperately trying oh, to get to his. That feet. was when I was like, I was like, this guy's like dead. Is when like he was trying to like drag Sammy and he fell over Sammy. That's like I I, and then when they kept going like when they had done like the little doctor check and then they went to the scaffolding. Mm. I was like, "Oh, is Matt okay?" Because at that point, he might have—he must have like, like shaken it off a little bit. Like, obviously not a ton, but a little bit. Because when he was moving up to like take him to the the scaffold for the spot, I was like, "Oh, Matt's moving fine now." But so I was really confused about like, is it a work? Is it a not? And then it's like, it really seems like that was a bad decision in the retrospect. Let, like, it would be one thing if they're like, go out there, hit him with a twist of faith on a chair, we'll count him out. Because like the stipulation is if Matt loses, he's gone. So in, in the, the, what they should have done was just call it a no contest. Like no one would have questioned. The, the dumbest people on earth probably would have questioned who gives a shit about them. I saw one person in Rebby Sky's goddamn Twitter replies. <laughs> <sighs> She, she she made a post where she like posted her her text to Matt about what what when it was going on, and someone was like, "Well, um, Rebby, just so you know, if he had have lost, he would have had to leave <laughs> AEW forever, so they had to go back and finish the match." Oh, and I was like, "What are you stupid, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're clearly tone deaf, but also like it's wrestling." <laughs> You could just literally, you could just say, it's a no contest. Like, you could just say those or words. Or you could just have Matt leave for six months. You could just have Matt leave for six months and come back. <laughs> like, which he probably should leave and have, like, some time off, man. He's had a rough go of it lately. Yeah. Oh, like, this... I, like, the decision to let him climb a scaffold is it's it's really inexcusable like it, it, it's it's completely negligent to allow him to climb a scaffold after that and if you watch back there's a moment where Sammy tries to like keep climbing and Matt reaches out to him to like stabilize himself and Sammy has to kind of grab onto him before Matt just pushes mm. him and it's like uh, just like no just call it a no you, you did it right you know he got hurt and you stopped the match you did it right and then you sent him back out there I don't care if you're, it turns out it's like oh, he just got his bell wrong and he has no concussion or something that, he wasn't all there and he very clearly wasn't all there and you send him back out there to climb 10 feet up a scaffold to put push Sammy Guevara down through a freaking cra- crash mat it's like that's mm. don't don't do that don't do that he, he should have just, like, if you wanted to have him do a big spot to end it, just have him throw Sammy off of it. He doesn't need to climb anything. Like, you're already on a stage. <laughs> just have him go, wee! <laughs> like, it just felt like there was a level to it where you could have gone, alright, this is the situation we have. Matt, like, because I don't know, I'm not there, maybe Matt's going, I wanted to finish it, I want to finish it, or some shit. And like you're just like, alright, fine, just throw him off. Just throw him off, but don't go up the thing. <laughs> like, there's a middle ground between the one and what they did. I feel like they, it was weird for them to just go to the exact finish regardless, and then they couldn't even deliver on it because Matt was so fucked up. But if they want to do, just send it just him feels to the bad. ring. Just like go to the ring, put a chair on his neck, hit a twist of fate. We'll count him out. You know, don't climb hmm. anything for God's sake. <sighs> uh, Matt wins. He's still in AW. I would give out about the Maybe finish. Matt should but... take some time off though. <laughs> Matt should have been winning this match anyway. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know, man. Matt isn't doing a lot for me. 
Uh, Hikaru Shida defeated Thunder Rosa, retained the AEW World Women or the AEW Women's Championship, uh, which may be the end of Thunder Rosa. She is still an NWA employee, uh, but this was a real good match. I I think I preferred the Penelope Ford match, which is bizarre to say, but both were really good matches. Shida, Shida's, Shida's like I really wish they pushed Shida as a star, on the, and people were like she wins her matches. It's like. Yes, she wins her matches, but she is never a featured part of this show, and she should be, because she's one of the best wrestlers on this show, but she's never treated like it. Yeah, she wins her matches, but she also appears in the crowd holding the belt. <laughs> and when she wrestles, it's two minutes long, and she she never has important matches on Dynamite, and she just comes and goes and disappears for long periods in any meaningful way. And she, sure, she wins her matches, good for her, but she's she's not featured. She might be... I, I'd even like struggle to say she's pushed, because she's like... She's clearly the fourth of the champions in terms of like how, the degree to which she's she's put in the show, the degree to which she's treated as important, and she's probably like the first of the champions in terms of like talent. So <laughs> push I actually also... feature Hukaru Shida. <laughs> yeah, I also feel there's a problem where with the women's division where a lot of the time they just don't set anything up once they complete their story. Mm. It's like, they'll do a little, like... And that's not even a big feud. They'll do, like, three weeks' worth of stuff to build a match at a pay-per-view, then the champion will win, and then nothing. It's like, you need to just... you need to, How are you supposed to get amped up and hyped for Sheeta when she'll now, like, disappear for two weeks, and then she'll come and she'll beat some nobody, and then someone will get two wins, and then they'll face her at full gear? Yeah. It's like, that's not a way to get behind a star. You need to... Like what I like, you okay? You just had Ivelisse and um, Diamante win the tag thing, right? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't they just come out and like attack Sheeta after the match or something? And then you ha- then you have two challenges set up for Sheeta right there, and it's her continuing to be on TV with a continuing story. You could even like if you have Thunder Rosa for some more dates, boom! You have like the champions versus the the two people who aren't the two challengers. Like that's the thing right there. It just feels like you could have done something. I think that's my problem with AEW in a lot of places is it feels like you could have done something, but you were just either too lazy to, or you just decided for some reason to just do the most basic thing possible. Yeah. There's just like stuff just happens. It's like they never build anything. It's like, I, it's a lot of cop outs. And I, I always use the example of Hangman and Kenny's title defenses because I think it's the perfect example where they had a ton of those title defenses after they beat the Young Bucks. They beat everybody in the division, but none of those matches were made feel important. Maybe the best friends won a little, but other than that, the rest of them were just like Kenny and Hangman have a title match next week. They're defending the belts against these two, against the Dark Order, against the Natural Nightmares, the Natural Nightmares against uh, the Jurassic Express. They just did all those matches for the sake of doing those matches and like uh, uh, which is fine I guess but they never made them feel meaningful they never made them feel like important title defenses they never built up the challengers a lot of the time it's like why are the number three contenders getting a title match what's happening here it's like and that I think that has pervaded the entire show through the summer there's a lack of purpose like uh, so many people on this show just do not have meaningful purpose it's just, and it's funny because like, this is the exact thing we used to give out to NXT for, and we used to praise AEW yeah. for not doing. Or like, like at some points they had so much purpose they had people in two feuds at once. <laughs> yeah. Like not not just like, 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 like half the roster had like two feuds running at once. I don't know, man. I really hope 
it does kind of feel to me that after this show, like the full gear is going to be like a little bit of a reboot, like mm. similar into the you know when the Dark Order did their big <laughs> debut and they rebooted it the next week and AEW was good for a bit. I feel like we'd do another one of those. <laughs> it shouldn't have to get to that though. It shouldn't have to get to this thing was kind of bad. Fix it. It's like why do we have to do this cycle every time? Well, it's just like can we start learning instead of just adapting? And people, there's an excuse that always rolls out that I really, I don't buy. It's like, oh, they're a young company. It's like, they used to do this good. It'd be one thing if it was bad and getting better, you know? It's like, it started terrible, but it's incrementally getting better as they learn. It's like, it started pretty good, then they got pretty bad, then it got really good, then it got kind of, and then it's in the summer, it's been like, ooh, slowly going downhill. And it's like, oh, it's a young company. It's like, no, they're getting worse. Don't give them the excuse if it's a young company. It's a young company only works if, like, they weren't already, like, hitting old strides. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, no, they know what to do. They did it. They did it quickly. And, like, there was a time where They Are a Young Company was a valid thing, and that was when they were, like, you know, doing 20-minute Hangman Kip Sabian matches and random, like, Hangman in a four-way and shit like that. And they did learn from that, I feel. I don't know. Things are weird now. I just want them to be better. (laughs) Uh, speaking of better, the Dark Order de- lost to the wonderful team of the uh, the Nightfire family and uh, Scorpio Sky. And uh, is Matt Cardona in the Nightfire family? That's, uh, I guess, a loose association at the He's moment. He's Nightmare family adjacent. Yes. Uh, in a match that uh, was apparently 15 minutes, and I refuse to believe it wasn't any longer than, like, 30. Um, <laughs> it was so long. Like, uh, realist- th- this match should have been Dustin against Brody. Let's be real. I, I get what they wanted to do. They didn't want it to be a one-week title build. Mm. But then they but did... It's like, like, but, like... Uh, so, Cody got jumped like, the three weeks ago, two weeks ago at this stage. But, like, the, the title match on Wednesday is a one-week title build. Yeah, but it's not for a pay-per-view. So, you're going to do a dumb match that means nothing that's too also, long? It's, 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 I, would, I would disagree and say that's, like, a three-week build. Because, like, you'd count the Cody stuff... The Dark Order getting run off, and now this. I don't know. Like, after Cody got killed, you could have had Dustin come out and cut a fiery, passionate promo, and then Brody's like, you want a shot? You got it. I'll kill you too. And then uh, then you do a pay-per-view match, and people care about it. This whole thing was very wonky, and I didn't I didn't really like any of it. Yes, this was a <laughs> and long match. And one thing I really didn't like was goddamn Brandy Rhodes. <laughs> Coming out to this, we're going to defend my husband. We're going to fight for him, get revenge. And she comes out smiling and taunting them like, Haha, we're going to fight you now. It's like, that's not the attitude you should have. Not to mention her fucking bizarre dark promo she cut. It's a good thing I don't watch it. Re- I didn't watch the pre-show, actually, because the pre-show was trying to trick me into watching dark content. I see through your ways, AEW. <laughs> But, yeah, Brandy's really, like, not great. <laughs> and, like, she, this is, like, her fourth character reboot since the start of AEW. <laughs> Pick a lane, Brandy. Or just stop. Yeah. Give up on the Brandy experiment and just let her be a backstage person who comes out with Cody. Because she's really good at that. I think she adds to Cody's title matches because she helps garner sympathy for Cody. I think she's a much better but... manager for Cody than her Anderson has been. Yeah, like, but I just, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. <laughs> this was the show where I just started realizing, like, okay, it's been, the company's been around long enough now. Some people just didn't work. 
we can start phasing them out or trying something completely different with them if they haven't already had four characters. Indeed. Uh, Brody had the match one. He basically had Dustin beat where he tagged in Colt, who was wearing Dark Order colored gear, by the way, if you'd noticed. Um, went for a moonsault, missed, Dustin rolled him up, pinned him, and then Brody was very mad that he set up Colt to win, and then Colt went out to lose. Understandably. Uh, so he is mad at his pal. FTR defeated Kenny Omega and Hangman Page to win the AW World Tag Team titles. It took like 90 seconds after this match. This match was so underwhelming that it took me like 90 seconds after the match to be like, oh, they're champions now. This was a title change. Yeah. This was a whole thing, wasn't it? You liked this match more than I did. Uh, I thought like, I mean, I thought Hangman yeah. was really good in this match. I thought Hangman brought energy and urgency. Kenny was fine. And boys. And then FTR were just sleep-inducingly boring in this match. It's like you're so dull, and it's so st- like if if you go back and listen to the the, the ep- I don't remember what episode it had uh, the the FTR against um, Butcher and the Blade match, but if you go back and listen there, it's like oh they looked awesome in that match. They looked like sharp. They had a ton of snap to them. They were working with urgency. They were working with that sense of again purpose to go back to uh, i think the most important thing in my, my word of the day is purpose liam and uh, and then this match which was nearly 30 minutes long and could have been 15 and ftr took control after uh, the opening changes and it just grinded to uh, a soul-crushingly sleepy halt and ftr eventually won and i just could not care by the end of it this was the the famous uh, AEW tag match double heat oh. that we love to see. Um, FTR, I I thought they were. See, I I say I like this match. Like you gotta realize, I still like was like three and a quarter, three and a half. It's not like I was up there wooting and cheering for it. <laughs> um, I thought I I liked Kenny's performance a bit better than you. I thought I didn't think well, the way you were describing it to me. I think you think he kind of like sleptwalked through it. Um, for me, I think he was more on than that, I, but I do agree that, like, Hangman was really the star of this show, uh, FTR, uh, <laughs> I go back, go back to working like the Bucks, you're much more interesting that way, um, you're, like, your matches with, like, SCU was another really good one, like, that I wish was more like that, uh, Tully, I don't even like very much, <laughs> like, I don't think he adds much at all. Uh, the whole presentation of FTR, I think, is kind of shitty. But, hey, let's move on to maybe Hangman and Kenny doing single stuff. Because I think we kind of need it. Yeah. We need like a bit of that. We need those guys to go in and start doing some some singles matches. I'd love to see like you know Hangman start going in there with like Lance Archer and stuff. Yeah. What a disappointment this match was. <laughs> yeah, this match should have been, like, as good as the Revolution match. Which, <laughs> like, I, I would... In fact, that match had a, a super hot crowd. So, like, I, I wouldn't have expected to, like... get If it got to that levels, I would have been supremely impressed. But, like, I expected this match to be really good. And, like, if I were to give this match a star rating, it would be, like, two and three quarters. And two and a half of that is Hangman. So, well done to the rest of me. <laughs> I'm just, like... Why? I think the 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 butcher of the blade match and the uh, the SCU match that that 
uh, FTR had, both of which were really good. I think the uh, the common denominator there is both those matches were around 10 minutes, which did not give FTR the opportunity to sit on people for 15 minutes of a match. As you said, it, it had the double heat. When they went to the heat on, I think it was Kenny second, and I was like, no, do not do this, because the match <laughs> was already, like, they did the camp, they did the hot tag to come back, the match was already dragging, it's like, go home, just go home, guys, and then it's like, oh, they're going to another heat. No, no, just do not I do remember, it. I had that moment when they hit Hangman with the first uh, pile driver, mm. and I was like, all right, one, two, three, oh. he kicked out, and they just did it again and beat him. That was such a weird. I was like, why did you need like, to why do did, that? Yeah, why did you have him kick out of your move just so you could hit the well, move I, again? I, like, uh, do I guess something it's just else. Because they want to sell that. That hangman's like super strong and fiery, but it's like, like have hangman so have a little hope spot. Have hangman like uh, fight, and then you hit him. Yeah, with have a him fight machine. back a bit. Yeah, and he starts like gearing up, fighting, and then. It's... But you know what? No one is act- no one actually cares to hear about us talk about the match. <laughs> they they want they want us to talk about the long boys. Oh, that's the pants. reason people are here. My man wore pants. My man looks like he's about to team with Bandito. He's got the the exact same like pattern. He's got the same tassels. What did you call it? Fringe? Is it fringe? Not quite tassels. Uh, I would have called them tassels. I think they qualify as tassels. Because like, isn't like fringe like the cowboy thing? I I'm not a cowboy. I don't know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I don't know why, but that really made me like. <laughs> it's like you're just admitting that you're not a cowboy. <laughs> it's like, gosh, I guess I never thought about it. Um... <laughs> But I, I, I like the long boys on Adam. Adam's always had really good gear. Whoever makes it does a good job. But clearly his uh, millennial anxiety has has, has come, uh, reduced him to being self-conscious about his calves. So he's like, I must cover them up. Well, he remember when he tried the, the black wrist tape for one week and he's like, no, nah, I don't like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. the, the graphical bits for Hangman are one of like the most out of place things that I still like. <laughs> They're funny, you see. That's the thing. They're actually funny. So that's the reason I'm like, I'm on board with them. Did you see the one for this? No, what week? was it? It was, um, I, in quotes, I don't care what goes on the graphic anymore. <laughs> Which I'd like to think uh, it literally always comes from. It's like, hey man, what are we, what, what we going to put in your graphic this week? And he comes up with something and there's like, legitimately, I don't care what goes on the graphic anymore. My favorite two were, uh, before this were, um, <laughs> Uh, trying out black wrist tape for this week to see how it goes and the next week going didn't like the black wrist tape and he's had the white wrist tape back <laughs> he's the best thing that's what show. I like I like Hangman Hangman well Hangman I, like, I legitimately think he might be the best baby face in the world right now hmm yeah he's up there like like and he's quickly turning into one of my favourite wrestlers which is the reason I don't want you to... Tr- I'm glad that it looks like they're probably going to turn Kenny in the end, which I, I think is a weird admission that they bungled him. The fact that they like AEW has to turn Kenny Omega heel within the first year is like, oh, you did a bad job with him. But, uh, yeah, but I think, let's be real, like him being a heel is going to get just as many positive reactions as him being a face. Well, that's, like, that's the bad thing. You don't want him to get positive reactions. Yeah, but he, let's be real. He's going to be a cool heel, like... The people who hate Kenny are going to already hate him the entire time. The people that like Kenny aren't going to suddenly start going, I don't like Kenny. Yeah, if you're going to turn, at least they don't seem to be turning Hangman, which pleases me. Um, and yeah, after the match we had the little 
segment where he was going to hit him and then he didn't. And then Hangman was like, hug me. And he's like, no, just let him fall, eat shit on the ground. Why was Kenny and so then mad? And he storms off. Uh, I guess he blamed Hangman for the loss. But he hit him with the V-trigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like begging. I, I actually really loved that part of the match where he hit... Uh, uh, hangman with the V trigger and he was like cold in his legs so he's like ow my legs that are so broken I just need you really hard and he's just gripping at the 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 tights of hangman was like please keep fighting for us <laughs> he's like begging the dude to, like I can't, I'm sorry I did that to you uh, like uh, that, that uh, that's honestly that's my biggest complaint about this I was like why is Kenny the one mad because Kenny's always been like I de-escalate this I'm the cool guy who who removes the tension and like you need him he lost and then he's like desperately clinging to you and you're like oh, i'm done with this it's like why are you done with this i'm i just i think he's a wacky crazy guy <laughs> and he's gonna be and he's just gonna he uh, lives by his whims uh alex marvez was interviewed by uh, no other way around <laughs> that would be much more interesting Chris Jericho uh, inter- was interviewed. He was by so Ash mad Bruce. at him in this segment. And yeah, he had the microphone down too low, and Chris was like, "Lift the microphone up, you idiot!" Like that has to be super embarrassing, Marvez. That was literally your one job was to hold the microphone in front of his face. He wouldn't cut it in the WWE world of my guest at this time. Microphone in front of face. <laughs> But, like, Jericho looked legitimately upset at that. Yeah, like, that, that was Jericho legitimately getting mad at him. That was Jericho, like, be a professional, man. What are you doing? Where's Golden Boy? I miss Golden Boy. He's still on the roster page. Because they posted a clip from All Out last, last year. Yeah, last year when Jericho won the belt and Golden Boy was on commentary. It's like, oh, yeah, Golden Boy. He was good. Why don't we have him he here? He had so much potential. They've had Jim Ross he there had so instead. Much potential. It's, it's so important we have Jim Ross there. Instead of having AEW Maybe. have its own unique, distinct voice, we have to have it well, have voices from the past. Maybe, um... Oh, oh we didn't even talk about the great uh, Jim Ross Bumble of this week. Which one? His wanting to see uh, wardrobe, wardrobe malfunctions? or <laughs> <laughs> so creepy! You fucking... Pervert man, he's he's horny on Maine all the time, Liam. And he's howdy, just, he's uh, the new horny on Maine is being horny at work apparently. So howdy, howdy on Maine. Can you imagine if you're Anna Jane, you're watching this match back, and it's like you hear Jim Ross say something like that? How creepy your first pay per view. I'm gonna go and show all my family. It's me on pay per view for the first time. Jim is there talking about old to see your boobs. drunk fuck is just going. I want to see some titties. <sighs> Chris Jericho lost to Orange Cassidy in a Mimosa Mayhem match after he was pushed into a bath of orange juice. This was another one where I saw people going like, "This is fifty fifty, But I thought for sh- like I always thought Jericho was losing this. I was like, the whole reason they're doing a match where it's not a pinfall finish is because Jericho's losing. Even though this match also had pinfall finishes, which was yeah, but it wasn't going to end in pinfall. No, well, I was like, why did you do that? But yeah, uh, this was I, I reject the premise. I think the premise is stupid. Like why? Why? And this is the semi-main event of a major pay per view, and he's being thrown in a tank of orange juice. But the match was it was fine. I remember I, just don't care. I was watching the I was watching Jericho's entrance and I was like, Ugh, remember where you were last all out? <laughs> you won the belt in the main event. And then like with Okay, this match is a stupid concept. Uh-huh. 
but I think they really did the best that they could do within the constraints. Because mm. I actually... I liked the work in the match. <laughs> I didn't like the match type. I liked the match. See, that so. that makes it worse for me. That's like the Seth Rollins having a good match against Rey Mysterio in an eye for an eye match. It's like, yes, <laughs> these two good wrestlers That's have a good wrestling match. almost a perfect equivalent. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. It's like, these the two wrestlers in the match are perfectly capable of having a really good wrestling match. It's just, you've given them a stipulation that is inherently silly and undermines everything they do. So it's like, why are we doing this? I don't know, man. I, I just hope this is the end of it, and now Jericho can move on to something else. Mm-hmm. And then our main event, MJF defeated John Moxley to retain the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. MJF defeated John Moxley? Yes, uh, he's new champion. It's um, it's a whole thing. It's the finish, finish you have to pay an extra 10 bucks for. Uh, it's, it's a microtransaction where you got to see MJF win the belt. Uh, imagine if they did that. Uh, I saw the wrong clip. Uh, yeah, John Moxley defeated MJF to retain the AEW World, Ch- World Championship in a match that I would have liked if it was 10 minutes short, especially on this show that like has already gone too long. They went 23 minutes. It's like, guys, do 15. Just do 15. You're fine if you do 15. Yeah. It's okay. No one will be mad. People will probably be happier. <laughs> Uh, I think they had a perfectly acceptable main event. But people were like, it's a four-star match. I'm like, eh. There was parts it's of it. It's another three and a half. <laughs> I, was, I was like three and a quarter. And like, I think there were parts of this match that were really good. And then parts, that it was just too long otherwise. And they probably could have... It dragged. Yeah, if they tightened it up uh, and got rid of some of the fluff and maybe no MJF Heat segment, um, this would have been a better match. But yeah, uh, actually, if you listen very closely to Jim Ross on commentary during this match, the entire match, he's like, oh, MJF is proving himself at this level. You know, I, uh, I, uh, I'm so impressed with how good he's been in this match. It's like, oh, you're clearly setting him up to lose. They're like doing the thing where it's like, oh, he's valiant and great in defeat. Like if you and like I actually had this thought during the match. It's like, oh, I, I didn't think MJF was winning, but listening to Jim Ross on commentary in this match, he's clearly like trying to sell the idea that he looked great in defeat long before he ever loses, which I guess is fine. But if you listen closely, you're like, oh, he, he kind of tips his hand. But yeah, Moxley uh, or Orlo threw the diamond ring into the ring, but didn't throw it to MJF. Uh, the ref- right, first of all, this this is all MJF's fault. Yes. Like, he can't get mad at Wardlow that he couldn't catch the ring. He's going to get mad at Wardlow that he couldn't catch the ring. That's that's completely your fault. <laughs> yes, Maxwell. Um, so, yeah. Um, Michael. <laughs> which, referee was distracted with Wardlow, which allowed John Moxley hit the move that was banned, which I actually kind of like as a finish. Yeah, that's that's exactly what he should do. It's John Moxley. But I, I, I like but I he, like it in the sense that but I, I'm, not, I'm actually not going to like the promos MJF are going to cut. It's going to cut. It's like, yeah, yeah. he did the Oh, move. as soon as that happened, I was like, he's going to go. He cheated. But, um, you know, he cheated. I, I like that MJF but, was beaten by Mox's best move. So I, yeah. I think that makes MJF well, look better than Mox beating him with something different. I also, like... I think people are really quick to jump on a company for not delivering on a stipulation even though that was the entire point of the stipulation. Mm. It's like, like people were like, oh, you promised a, a match with no finisher and then he hit the finisher to win that stupid. And it's like, just because it's the stipulation of the match, like, you should be rooting for him to... You should be rooting for the babyface to be like, fuck it and do it anyway, like... Like, not get DQ'd, because you don't want him to be look like an idiot, but you, you should be rooting for him to say, like, fuck, like, like if even if he beat him with a normal move, you want him to hit the fucking paradigm shift after the match. Like, that was the whole build of this, but he's going to hit the move eventually. 
I just don't like this. Like, and it's not even just particularly with this match. There's just it's a wrestling thing in general now. Where it's like they they said they were going to do this one thing and then they swerved us. And it's like, well, yeah, that's kind of what wrestling is. There's always going to have that element there. As if, if, if I was going to say, if it's not overplayed, but yeah, that's th- fine. Th- that's that's I think where the problem comes in. Where like people's rejection of being tricked basically constantly is like being bait and switched and like setting yeah. up stipulations and not honoring them. And that's happened over and over again in wrestling over particularly the last twenty years. But that, the problem with that is it's your. Um, not deflecting, but you're placing your <laughs> you're placing your issues with a previous relationship on your new relationship. But what? But if, 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 if this company doesn't adhere to stipulations, aren't they just the same? Yes, but if they do it once in a blue moon, that's fine. If they do it every single show, then yeah, maybe we have an issue. Yeah, MJ for one with the paradigm shift. I'm sure. It just seems like it seems like a or, weak. Freaking John Moxley won with the paradigm shift. Clearly, I wanted MJF to win this match. <laughs> mm. But you get what I mean, though. Like it just feels like an empty, hollow Twitter dunk. Yeah, but I I get where it comes from, though. I do get where it comes from. I don't I don't care. Mm. Like as I said, I think uh, I get Moxley... the worry. I just I think the people uh they're jumping to it too quickly. Yeah, like Cody hasn't broken his stipulation yet. <laughs> no, they just made a whole new title for him. <laughs> Uh, Moxley is still champ we have um, Brody Lee against uh, Dustin Rhodes with the TNT title on Dynamite and we'll hear from John we'll hear from John He'll, and I'm sure we'll hear from Maxwell as well so uh, Archer Moxley uh, yes which I do you think the, that's not a full gear match I think that's a TV match I would like for it to be a full gear so match so would I, I think that's a, that'd be a much better pay-per-view main event than MJF like we have, a, we have a shorter build to full gear. We only have two months. That, which I would, when I saw that, I was so happy. I was like, "Yes, a pay per view every two months is exactly what you should be doing right now." Yeah, I, I think like that, that's the problem. They didn't have a July pay per view, so they went from May to freaking. And it's it, like people are like, I find that even weirder though. That like you had four months to build up this pay per view. <laughs> you had four months. You've had from Dublin Rothing in June to all out in September to get me to care about this show. And you didn't even try. What are you doing? You had four months. <laughs> yeah, it w- it wasn't exactly the the best built show this year. I'll t- I will co-sign on that one. Oh, which brings us to the best built show of all time. W- actually, no, in the middle, uh, Liam. Of course, uh, we're halfway through the show. We're not halfway through the show. We're probably like three quarters mm. way through the show because we're already an hour and a half in. But uh, uh, for our, our loyal listeners, we of course need the secret hashtag, um, which you get every week at Dynamite. Oh. So. Uh, if if you if you tweet the the hashtag war games never wrong w a r g a m e s n e v e r w r o i o n g as I can't spell wrong if you tweet tweet the words war games never wrong hashtag war games never wrong it has to be a hashtag um, I will reply to that tweet and Liam will allow you to follow him. Whoa, 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 Listen, whoa, I didn't get whoa. your sign off on this, but don't worry about it. You, Liam will let you follow well, him if you're the. No, but you have to be the first person. It's only the one. It's the first person that tweets whoa. hashtag War Games right. Never Wrong. Right. We'll get a follow from I'll Liam agree. and a reply from okay. me. Uh, this is our. Whoa, our I, wonderful... Wait, I have to follow them now? No, no, other way around. No, the, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, the first person who does it is allowed to follow me. Yes. Uh, the next nine people who do it will receive a Skype phone call from Garrett <laughs> anytime they want. For a minimum of 10 minutes. Uh, no, I will reply to their tweets. Uh, <laughs> uh, from his own account, yes. not the War Games account. 
for my personal you will get the personal rub from me garrett kidney if you and the, the one lucky person who will find the, the golden hashtag <laughs> gets a retweet from a certain pro wrestling company account no 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 <laughs> you just gotta find it and we're not gonna tell you what it is it's, it's war, war games never wrong too uh, NXT began with actually a really fun street fight. I love this street fight as um, Legato yeah. and um, Isaiah Scott defeated Legato. I have a, I have a WWE encyclopedia bit, damn it. Oh, sorry. Yes, there are other, are other halfway through the show bits. Sorry about that. The problem is the encyclopedia is in another room. <laughs> All right, make up a bit of trivia. You don't need to get, just pretend the book is there. I, I picked page 34. Liam, what's on page 34? Okay. Okay, so probably uh, da, 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 da. um shit. Okay, <laughs> this person debuted in uh jumping through the ring and a cage match. <laughs> Is it Rey Mysterio? No, did he do that? <laughs> he jumped off a cage on his first show. No, like, like like he no he tore through the bottom of the ring. Oh, right. Is it the big show? It is the big show. I went for the B because I thought B would be pretty close to the front of the book because it went 34. That makes sense. So, yeah, uh, that, that's the bit this week. This, this bit's already <laughs> falling apart. Uh, wait, okay, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to do another one. <laughs> Give me one sec. I'm just going to Google a random person and go to their Wikipedia. Um, okay. okay, boom. I picked someone. I gotta find a piece of trivia. Vamp, damn it, vamp. Uh, yeah, NXT is coming up, and we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it with many words. Mauro is gone. Um, that's a thing, which I don't think we talked about. Mauro is is done with WWE. Uh, we should talk about that because he was a very big part of the show. I will miss the Mauro quotes. I'll be honest. There weren't actually many of the the the, the Mauro quotes deteriorated in quality because we haven't mentioned them in a while. It's because there hasn't been good ones. It's like he was even phoning in the Mauro quotes when he know that's that's when he know there's something wrong when Mauro is phoning in the Mauro quotes. Why couldn't he? Have you googled why couldn't something it be yet, Jim Ross? Yeah, I have someone. I'm just trying to find a, a piece of trivia. Um, <laughs> who left WWE on September fifteenth, two thousand and four, when his steroid usage came to light following a staph infection? Kevin Nash. Close. Jamie Noble. <laughs> That's the bit. What a bit. Uh I miss Maro. It should have been Jim Ross. I don't I don't love Vic Joseph. He's fine. I don't mind Vic Joseph. He's alright. He's although his flip flopping on Robert Stone's issues is problematic. You know, not cool. It's not cool. NXT opened with a street fight as Breezango and um, uh, Isaiah Scott defeated Legato Fantas, but in a frankly ridiculous match that I enjoyed a great deal. It was pretty dumb. I loved it. It's like jumping off of forklifts. I will say they did like two of the best spots of the match. They did like a coast, a double coast to coast into a trash can during the break and a table bump during the break. It's like, why are you doing the cool spots during the break? I wonder if they knew that they were at break. <laughs> This was a taped show. The finish got out like four hours in advance. So this the show was taped earlier oh. that day. They this for some reason decided well, to I didn't know that. <laughs> decided to put cool spots at the break. But what do you do it? What do you do in people who edit NXT and these people are doing double coast to coast and you decide to go to break during it? But nonetheless, really fun man. Honestly, this was the most fun I've had watching NXT in like ages. Garrett. 
Is it double coast to coast, a coast to coast, a coast to coast? Yes, it's, it's all the coasts. That's uh, from the Pacific Sick. coast to the 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 Atlantic coast to the Indian Ocean coast. That's that uh, to the Irish coast. There, there you go. Those are the four coasts. Sick. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> this this is, we're, we've gone too deep. The good thing is, we're, we're somehow we're like further into this podcast with three shows than we were with five. Listen, that's because they were AEW shows and not NXT shows. So. Um, oh, that's a burning indictment. Two-hour show. Um, yeah, fun match. I like this match a lot. NXT should be more fun like this. <laughs> that's exactly it, yeah. Uh, Candice LeRae defeated Casey Catanzaro as they did a big video package where they were like, we're friends, but we're not friends anymore. And LeRae is like, uh, after the match, she's like, I was very, <laughs> it's actually funny. She was like, I was very upset about the can- things Candice said. I want to be friends. And the crowd were like booing her and like, we don't believe you. And she's like, no guys, I'm being sincere. <laughs> <laughs> the, the crowd that they control. <laughs> the crowd that they control don't buy this. So like, if, if, freaking Tegan Knox buys it she looks like an utter idiot she's been invited to the Gargano <laughs> home for dinner so what do you I don't know what I I don't the Gargano stuff's so weird man <laughs> and it's not good mm. which doesn't help I just like what what is their gimmick <laughs> that they're weird nerds who have weird home lives that seems like everyone on the NXT roster. What are you talking about? That's true. Rhea Ripley challenged Mercedes Martinez to a cage match. If you don't sleep, the traditional I'm leaving NXT match, blow-off match, is a cage match. So, Rhea Ripley leaving? Why? The, maybe, who... There's so many fucking stipulations. They really... They, they love throwing them out. They... Yeah. We gotta have a street fight. We gotta have an Iron Man. Oh yeah, I didn't even mention why the hell bunch of triple threats street fight. Like why? Why were these people having a street fight? I don't know, man. Why? I think asking why is a lot of what I do, like in general, when it comes to NXT. And like Ripley and Martinez haven't even had a singles match yet, and they're skipping straight to the cage match. I don't know. It, it, it kind of just feels like they're chasing ratings at this point. Like, please, please watch us, please. Yeah, like that is what they're doing. Because they don't want to do the work to make people care anymore, apparently. Do the work, like Cody Rhodes says. Indeed. Uh, Timothy Thatcher defeated Bronson Reed after interference from... Austin. Oh, man, I love that big Bronson Reed push. <laughs> He's losing to Tim Thatcher. <laughs> Tim Thatcher can't... This is one of those finishes where it's like... Thim, Tim doesn't win clean. So Thim. Thim. Doesn't look good. Thim, Thim Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher. Uh, doesn't look Thim good because he doesn't win clean. Uh, and Reed doesn't look good because he loses. And who gives a shit about Austin Theory? And it's just like, I'm no longer on the big bronze. Actually, no, he's the colossal Bronson Reed now. He has a new Yeah, what the fuck? Is that, uh, that has to be like a Vince thing, right? He, like he, he saw a thick boy and he saw... <laughs> Big Bronson energy, and he's like, no, he's colossal. He's colossal. Um, yeah, stupid. I don't care. <laughs> I don't even remember. It was a pretty it... decent. It was a decent enough match, but it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, and then we're done. It's the, the Iron Man match. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. I, 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 I'm re- this is the kind of NXT I like. Three <laughs> matches and we're out, baby. Uh, as Adam, it was two, two, one, one. As Adam Cole and Finn Balor both had two falls each. Um, I thought this people match- shit on this, but I, I was kind of into that to be honest. I, I really don't mind that. Uh, Just sets up another big match. Just don't. I get why. Pe- I get. It's it's one of those things where I get why people wouldn't like it, but for me, I like it. I'm on the side of the people who don't like it, but I also don't care enough to be mad at it. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, please don't waste my time for it. Don't do an hour. Also, it makes like the NXT management look stupid. That they're like, we're doing this match to crown a new champion. So we <laughs> want to make sure there's a definitive winner. So we've set up a match in which not only can there be a draw, there's probably a pretty good chance there's going to be a draw. <laughs> I thought they were going to do a four-way draw. That, like, that was my initial thing. And then as I was watching it, I was like, they're going to do it where two people win. <laughs> I wish they um, I'm just draw. very that thankful funny. that it wasn't... I'm just happy that it wasn't Gargano or Champa. <laughs> That's true. I thought this match was pretty boring. Like, uh, Cole and Finn's going to be pretty good, I hope. Um, as far as the match, I liked it more than you. I thought they kept a good pace. Which probably wasn't hard to do when you have four people, so someone can go out, have a little bit of a rest, come in, do some wrestling, and so forth. Um, so uh, yeah, honestly, like as far as these like you know uh, insanely long NXT main events go, this was probably one of the ones I liked more. See, that, like that was my problem with this match. This match was just an, like a, a series of like twenty-five different micro singles matches. But that's kind of what I expected. Uh, still, it's kind of bad. Yeah, I, I get, I get what you mean. I didn't want to get the stopwatch out and literally count, but I, I think like the time in which there was more than two people in the ring was like I don't know eight minutes of this sixty-minute match, and so it was just like two people in the ring the entire time. I, I, I actually I would have thought that these four would have done more four-way spots because I thought they would have like you know had the creativity to do it. Well, by all accounts, they were told about this match the day of the show, so. That I feel bad for them then. Like they didn't have time to come up with shit for all of this, but yeah, I I thought this was fun enough. Honestly, I am better than most of the other NXT takeover main events that we've been watching, so I'll take that. I think Bala Cole is the most interesting matchup out of it. Um, I think that means Bala's gonna win. Um, he should. If it, if it just goes back to Cole, it's like all right, we're just running on the spot, aren't we? Yeah. And then also, like, what the fuck are you doing with Balor at that point? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm with you that I think those... If you're going to do the draw, those are the right two people to do the draw with. Finn should win. I thought Finn should win this match. They, they should just have Kyle turn... Like, they're, they're not going to have Kyle win the belt. They should have just Kyle turn on... On freaking Adam Cole and set up that feud. they got to get Cole out of here sometime. He can't just stay in NXT forever. Or maybe he can. Well, that's Gargano and Ciampa. <laughs> That's true. They're just stuck here forever. So that's that's NXT. There we go. <laughs> all all six minutes of the NXT review. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is like, sure, it didn't take take up a lot of time because, of, like, you know, I, like, hey, like, what is there to talk about in that main event other than the result? <laughs> like, I, he kicked out of this move. Uh, they kicked out of that move. Kicked out of this move. <laughs> um, I actually know there was one thing that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if this was the end result, but at least before the final pinfall that happened in this match, I thought it was pretty interesting that Champa didn't take a fall. Uh, Gargano took two of them, and Bala took one. Mm. That was interesting. So you thought they might have been um, setting like, up Champa as like I was never pinned kind of thing. 
But then he was paying. Yeah, maybe. So. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, I just thought it was an interesting choice to have Gargano be the guy that takes the most falls in the match. Um, and I really didn't expect Finn to take one either, to be honest. Um, but yeah, you know, I thought it was a pretty good match. Not that it's anything I'll ever watch again, I don't think. Which is why you're going to pick it for your match of the week. What's your match of the week? All Out doesn't count. Maybe that four. I think I'm also going <laughs> to pick... What was on the... The yeah, Iron Man match? The AEW show that was really... Yeah, the Iron Man, probably, yeah. Because, like, I don't know, um, the best match on AEW is probably Best Friends Against Proud Powerful, which was pretty good, but nothing special. Yeah, like, I, I don't know, yeah, I... Probably, yeah, the Iron Man match. What do you think they're going to do with Ciampa, though? There you go. I don't know. Cross... Oh, no, Cross is dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> seem really into it. Cameron Grimes. Is he a heel? I don't even know. What is... I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't know, man. Honestly, probably. Uh, Damien Priest. Priest's about to do the Thatcher thing. <sighs> Who cares? That's a one-week feud. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Ciampa Priest would probably be pretty good, actually. Maybe one probably the best way you can go with him. But then you have to have him lose another mm-hmm. match, which is like he's such a loser. Or you put the title on him. Uh that would really cut the legs out from under Priest, but it's not like he has many legs legs under him anyway. Yeah, so it's, who cares? I was gonna say it's NXT. <laughs> Shall we go back a match ago with the Reed and Thatcher thing? That's true. Show of the week! Uh, is Impact Wrestling based on our oh. polls? <laughs> I legitimately legit, as someone who watched all three if Impact was my, like, job, an option, it probably would win. Because <laughs> NXT was on Tuesday. Impact Wrestling has 71%, uh, 72% to 28% of our poll with five, 467 votes. Uh, in the other one, it's actually tighter than usual. Uh, AEW has 62 to thir- 63 to 38 with 43 votes. So uh, Impact is the winner, followed by AEW. Um, but I guess Impact isn't on the remit of this podcast, even though you should be watching it every Tuesday night, Nate 7 7 on Access TV, uh, featuring mostly the machine guns against the Rascals next week. In a match booked specifically for me. Yes, it's a very... Le- and TJP and Chris Bay, which is even more of a Liam match. A match I specifically asked for. Yes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, show of the week. What do you pick, Liam? I probably pick NXT because I didn't care much. I'm for picking that. NXT too. NXT wins. Yeah, suck it all out. <laughs> if you would like to vote in the poll, uh, vote in the poll in favor of Impact Wrestling. You can vote. Or just us on vote in whatever poll we decide to put up. Because like, I was real happy with the Impact poll. It got a lot of fun responses, memes, interaction, meme guys. polls, meme polls. Um, Me polls. Me. We're just gonna replace NXT with Impact remember, once NXT gives up on this war. Remember to use the ha- the hidden hashtag War <laughs> War Games Never Wrong for your <laughs> for your ability to follow somebody on Twitter and uh, replies. Um, if you would like more AEW coverage in your podcasting feed, you can listen to uh, Everything Elite. If you'd like more WWE television show coverage in your podcasting feed, you can listen to Shake Them Ropes. Thanks for listening, and bye bye. Also, for those who were wondering, uh, what will we do if NXT gives up on the war? That's the end of the show. That'll be the finale. <laughs> we'll just never talk again. It'll be the end of our friendship. Yes, too. the friendship will be over, and I will be, be like, Liam, thanks for talking to me. Bye-bye, and I'll hang up on you on the Skype call, and I'll never speak to you again. And I'll go, bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.